the sixth day of the month. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, verse 8. Again today, we consider how our response of loving for a loving God shapes our lives and propels us forward in faithful action. The most famous words from Micah at first seem to read like a list of three things. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God. But it is not so. Justice and mercy cannot be separated, at least as God defines them. Justice without mercy is harshly legalistic, even cruel. Mercy without justice sacrifices fairness on the altar of sentimentality. To the question, is God just or is God kind? The only proper answer is both. Furthermore, humility before God consists of imitating this justice mercy of God. Humility is our response to divine love toward us and our witness to the power God's love can release in others. Therefore, what Micah sets forth is one thing, not three. We would probably be happier with three. Then we could keep our little list and check off each item in turn, but it cannot be. Hence, we are constrained to ask, if I seek justice for myself, can I understand when others extend mercy to those who have hurt me? Can I show mercy myself? If I am merciful to others, can I understand why those who have been hurt think I have no concern for fairness? Since God alone knows in what proportions justice and mercy must be mixed in any given instance, can I learn that walking humbly with God not only means that I seek to emulate God, it also means I cannot fully do so, since God alone is the righteous judge. How do I, with my noble aspirations, strive to emulate God and yet confront my limitations of understanding and action? How does all of this relate to Christian teaching about forgiving others in love as a loving God has forgiven us? Opening prayer. Grant to me and to all your people, O God, the gift of walking humbly with you. Give us the wisdom to know how best to temper justice with mercy, to buttress mercy with justice, so that your will may be done on earth as in heaven, through Christ our judge and advocate. Amen. Psalm 82 God calls the judges into his courtroom. He puts all the judges in the dock. Enough! You've corrupted justice long enough. You've let the wicked get away with murder. You're here to defend the defenseless, to make sure that underdogs get a fair break. Your job is to stand up for the powerless and prosecute all those who exploit them. Ignorant judges, head-in-the-sand judges, they haven't a clue to what's going on. And now everything's falling apart. The world's coming unglued. I appointed you judges, each one of you, deputies of the high God. But you've betrayed your commission, and now you're stripped of your rank, busted. Oh God, give them what they've got coming. You've got the whole world in your hands. From the book of Genesis, chapter 41, verses 46 through 57. Now Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven years of plenty, the land brought forth abundantly. 
So he gathered all the food of these seven years which occurred in the land of Egypt and placed the food in the cities. He placed in every city the food from its own surrounding fields. Then Joseph stored up grain in great abundance like the sand of the sea until he stopped measuring it, for it was beyond measure. Now before the year of the famine came, two sons were born to Joseph, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, for, he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. He named the second Ephraim, for, he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. When the seven years of plenty which had been in the land of Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began to come, just as Joseph had said, then there was famine in all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. So when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried out to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, whatever he says to you, you shall do. When the famine was spread over all the face of the earth, then Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, and the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. The people of all the earth came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe in all the earth. From 1 Corinthians 4, chapters 8, I mean, chapters 4, verses 8 through 21. You're already filled. You've already become rich. You've become kings without us. And indeed, I wish that you had become kings so that we also might reign with you. For I think God has exhibited us apostles last of all, as men condemned to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We're fools for Christ's sake, but you are prudent in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are without honor. To this present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed and roughly treated and are homeless. And we toil, working with our own hands. When we are reviled, we blessed. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we try to conciliate. We have become as the scum of the world, the dregs of all things, even until now. I do not write these things to shame you but to admonish you as my beloved children. For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I exhort you, be imitators of me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child of the Lord, and he will remind you of my ways which are in Christ. Just as I teach everywhere in every church, now some have become arrogant, as though I were not coming to you. But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I shall find out, not the words of those who are arrogant, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. What do you desire? Shall I come to you with a rod, or with love, and a spirit of gentleness? From the Gospel of Mark, the third chapter, verses 7 through 19. Jesus withdrew to the sea with his disciples, and a great multitude from Galilee followed, and also from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Idumea, and from beyond the Jordan, and the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon. A great number of people heard of all that he was doing and came to him. And he told his disciples that a boat should stand ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crowd him, for he had healed many, with the result that all those who had afflictions passed around him in order to touch him. Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God! And he earnestly warned them not to tell who he was. 
And he went up on the mountain and summoned those whom he himself wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, so that they would be with him, and that he could send them out to preach, and to have authority to cast out the demons. And he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to them he gave the name Bornages, which means sons of thunder, and Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot. These are the readings of the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Monday's Prayer Remember, O Lord, all for whom we prayed while gathered yesterday in public worship. Teach us how best we may serve them with deeds of love and kindness. Forgive us for any whom we neglected in prayer. Help us to open our hearts to the needs of all. Grant that what you taught us to do we may both ponder and perform. We bless you for the signs of your love revealed in bread and cup. By these gifts, grant us not only hope until we gather at the heavenly banquet, but also graciousness that we may share with others among us the fruits of this earth. If anyone made a profession of faith, baptism, confirmation, or reaffirmation, please lift up their name at this time. Make firm and steadfast the faith of those who yesterday made covenant promises in the midst of the congregation that they may be worthy disciples, remind us continuously to keep the promises we have made to them as sisters and brothers in Christ Jesus. Bind into one company of hope and one community of service all that you have made and redeemed by the sacrificial life and death of Jesus, our risen Lord. Amen. Prayer for the Season of Lent by Joseph Newton. O merciful Father, in compassion for your sinful children, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the Savior of the world. Grant us grace to feel and to lament our share of the evil that made it necessary for him to suffer and to die for our salvation. Help us by self-denial, prayer, and meditation to prepare our hearts for deep repentance and a better life, and give us a true longing to be free from sin through the deliverance won by Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. A prayer by Michael Kuist entitled The Wire Fence. The wires are holding hands around the holes to avoid breaking the ring. They hold tight the neighboring wrist, and it's thus that with the holes they make a fence. Lord, there are lots of holes in my life. There are some in the lives of my neighbors. But if you wish... We shall hold hands, we shall hold very tight, and together we shall make a fine roll of fence to adorn paradise. Amen. The Lord's Prayer, Current Ecumenical Text Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. 
Amen.